Chaos to Cured podcast is here to explain our perspective of the human experience. We hope it leads to questions, learning, wisdom, and knowledge. Hello, welcome to Chaos to Cured podcast. And um, today we're going to talk about something really vital to uh, succeeding. And um, whether it's on your own, whether it's, you know, uh, on your journey, what you're trying to do, um, and that's confidence. If you don't have any self-confidence then a lot of the, the tools that uh, are useful, um, you know, at least in my case, I was resistant to those tools. Um, and a lot of it was because I didn't even value myself enough to, you know, kind of try. Um, you know, Jeffrey, you know, I know you work with individuals um, and you worked with me in times when I felt like this as well. Um, you know, what are some things, you know, jump into it that you'd give in terms of advice or experiences? Well, I can tell you one thing about my population, the people that I work with, um, virtually none of them are really confident. It's the kind of thing where um, they have, they're very, very, the, the folks I, that I work with are usually very perfectionistic, hard on themselves, and sometimes hard on others, but usually harder on themselves. So what you've got in a situation like that is you've got um, people who are constantly overrating others and underrating themselves. This leads to a lot of frustration. And what you said, I agree with completely. And that was, you haven't got confidence. You haven't got much. Um, I think you said nothing, but I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, if, a, if a person who's a visual learner and a picture thinker and has exaggerated senses, if they try stuff and they fail, they're very reluctant to try again. Um, which separates, that's one of the really bad things about being a right hemisphere dominant visual spatial learner, let alone someone on the autistic spectrum. If you're this way, you are simply not going to try more than once. You give up easily. Why? Because, again, these are people that really feel more. It's hard to quantify it, but they really feel more than people who are not wired the way they are, and especially not on the spectrum. So when you're hypersensitive and you fail, it's devastating. If you're confident and you fail or have, you know, fail, have difficulties with something, you're, you know, you just look at it as an excuse to learn and you do better next time. If you are hypersensitive, it's devastating. And the other part of this, this whole mess is that people who, are, who have lack of confidence, they shut down internally. That's what I see all the time with my clientele. As oh, they soon shut down. as they shut yeah. down involuntarily, it's like they're, they're almost saying that um, I'm not going to try because it hurts so much. And I can't help it. It becomes a reflex. Something hard, the, the um, feeling of pro probable failure, and their brain just goes 
shuts down. I have that. And it's well, so involuntary at this point. And it's very destructive because you can't, you can't attack anything. Um, you get trained, you train yourself into, into not failing because you don't try. And it's tough. It's really tough. So what I do first is I try to give them confidence. I try to, to show them how, you know, if, if it's something that they're really strong at, like visualization, seeing things in pictures, I try to capitalize on that skill to give them confidence. For example, um, spelling difficult words by looking at them and visualizing the letters and then spelling them backwards and being able to take a word like cosmopolitan, answer questions like, what's the fifth letter starting from the front? And they answer it. And then when they spell it backwards, um, it's pretty obvious most people can't do that. The people I work with can because they literally see the word. And when that was you more see fun. It, and, and so it's something related to academics that they can do better than other people can do. So what ends up happening, more linear people can do, because they, they don't visualize well enough to do that. So one of the things I do also is I teach them some math tricks and then capitalize on that visual ability to hold mental images longer. Something simple as like 23 times 12. It's 23 times 10 is 230. 23 times two is 46. Line it up, visualize it, 276. You know, and I just, it's, it's not that it's that hard to do, but left brain people who are the ones that are more successful in school can't do it. So what you're doing, what I'm doing in a situation like that is I'm building confidence in something related to academics. I have many more tricks that I can utilize, but you can't tell someone, be confident, just can't do it. You've got to show them that they can be successful at something and that increases their, the probability that they'll try again much and, you know, by many times. Oh. And if you can get them to try and, you know, just sort of make it that they're, you know, sort of guide the, the, the situation so that they can be successful, they're more likely to try again and to get confident. So you can't really yell at someone or tell them to be confident. You got to show them that they have a reason to be confident and you use their strengths to do stuff that more linear people can't do. I, I cannot agree more. There were a couple of things you just said. Um, yeah. Yelling does not help it much worse. It, it makes it worse. And you know, what it did for me is when someone yelled at me, it, um, it was just kind of a cost, you know, risk to reward, you know, ratio I do in my head. You know, if I work for this person, what do I get out of it? Mm -hmm. Are they going to yell at me all the time? Why, why am I going to work for them? So instantaneously, the, the way I was treated, you know, would determine how hard I would work for someone. Oh, so, yeah. For teachers out there, if you have a difficult student um, yelling at them, and this is one of the problems with, you know, you know, people breaking the law and other things as well. Sometimes people do, I'm not, you know, advocating, you know, absolute leniency, 
I'm just saying, you know, if somebody has speeding, you know, you know, 10 miles over the speed limit, you know, a lot of times having a discussion with them and, you know, making them admit, you know, okay, you knew her. Okay. I'm going to let you go this time. Don't do it again. Can you promise me? A lot of times people hold that promise um, because it meant something, you know, you can always go through and follow it through with the punishment. And I know extreme parenting and teaching works in short term bursts or it appears to, but it, it, it breaks people down in my opinion. And what I felt, what I went through um, when I had teachers that were like that, I just would stop. Um, like you had mentioned giving up the, and the other thing, the comparing, I really liked how you brought up. So um, part of why we're doing this particular little mini series on, you know, tuning out the noise, like dealing with people that are not neurotypical, uh, regardless of what they are dealing with, whether they're on spectrum or ADHD, um, you know, bipolar, you name it. Uh, a lot of these tips are going to help. Um, I loved what you had mentioned with having them visualize and spell out the words. That was fun for me. And I remember you did that with me. Um, it was the only time I had any interest in learning spelling. Um, turning it into something where it was visually appealing. Um, and I'm not great. I'm great at art, but I don't visualize things. It's really interesting. But from a perspective of once you got me to, you know, say it backwards, I had it. I, I had it frontwards and backwards. I still have those words. Um, I'm better with more complicated words, which shows a, a lot of times if your child is at least a, if, if how I was, um, you could honest, honestly tell I love really complicated words. The more difficult, the easier it was for me to memorize them because I was interested in doing it. And it was a challenge. And yes. You, and you sense you had a high probability of being able to do it. When you take someone who can't spell of, misspells for, misspells to, T-O, and they can suddenly do a word, not suddenly, it takes a while, but can spell a word like parasudo, microbrain, scanology, forwards and backwards. My goodness, that makes a difference. Um, they look at spelling differently. They start to associate. It's one less thing they have to battle. When they can do mental math without showing steps and writing, you know, trying to keep the the line straight when they're when they're adding or multiplying um, because they know all you have to do is know a few times tables and you can do something like 15 times 15 in your head pretty easily um, you know you, you start to get success and success breeds confidence something you said which interested me greatly was the people I work with almost always read people pretty well um, despite the reputation of people on the spectrum of not being able to read people well, that is, that is a fallacy. Um, they read people probably too well, and they become sometimes unresponsive because they have so much information they pick up from that person that they don't know what to pay attention to. But if they sense that a teacher is judging them or looking down on them, they are filled up with that negative energy and they just shut down. So if you are a parent or 
you know, a teenager and you can, or a college student and you can pick your teachers do it for some people who don't read people real well, or who just see teachers as being, um, you know, proponents or stewards of giving them information. It doesn't matter if you like them or not, plus you don't pick up, pick up as much stuff and your, and your um, emotions are more average. You're not going to over-respond to stuff. But when you're hypersensitive, visual, smart, um, but lacking self-confidence, if you pick up that a teacher is not with you and is not on your side and is wondering, what's up with this person? You will not be able to perform for them. And you will get frustrated and you'll express it probably like the teacher doesn't understand me or I don't like the teacher. That's true. But the most important thing to do as a teacher is be non-judgmental, pleasant, and positive. That increases geometrically your chances of being a very good imparter of information. Oh, yeah. You, you open them up so they can actually listen. Um, you know, the moment you shut them down, that was beautifully said. There was one thing that, you know, I just want to repeat, and you said it a while back, and you've said it kind of in a different way uh, again, but, you know, focusing on what they were good at, um, it's not like you're comparing them to other individuals or other students, but a lot of times I felt like I was a failure because I was failing at things most kids did really well very simple stuff you know even like from tying your shoelaces they're like really simple things that you know and then once i would get it or if somebody showed it to me a different way if it was done again there were a lot of things others you know children um and even from a young age all the way through high school and middle school did better than i did just without effort so I had to work really hard on some things that just seemed so simplistic. And then other things came super easy to me, but they weren't, they're not things that are appreciated. So a lot of times um, what I would do is I would focus on the things that, you know, were appreciated um, socially. So you mentioned on picking things up. So I would, I would use that to figure out, okay, you know, what other things can I do to set myself apart? because we all want to stand out in some way. And so, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways I was overly confident or I presented myself like that when that wasn't true at all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do want to say a lot of the people I work with myself and then, and then myself included when I was, you know, acting super confident and I'm the I'm really great at this. I'm happy. Everything's amazing. I'm the, I'm getting straight A's on everything a lot of times that was masking a lot of other issues because, you know, everybody struggles at times. Everybody's, you know, I don't think we're ever in a place where we're like, everything's perfect every moment. Um, so, you know, if you're always getting the message that everything's perfect at every single moment, that's when you can kind of sit down and, and kind of maybe even wonder and have that conversation. So, you know, I liked what you said. You can't ever give someone confidence, but you can certainly build it. And one thing that I utilize um, anytime I'm working with uh, someone uh, is, 
when they're working with like their family or they a lot of times they get super frustrated and perfectionism is a really common thing with you know high anxiety and uh, people that are non-neurotypical it fits in with a bunch of different other ones that i have um so you feel like a failure very quickly um it outweighs the successes and the successes are so easy to forget yep and um you know when you see that success it's not that it's not enough just to point it out one thing i like to have them do is say what did you do that was amazing today what did you do that's great and they will find something they're really proud of and when they say it out loud it becomes like a reality and um you know i know we you'd kind of talked about visualizing something you know having them go through the their story a lot of times um i know that i see this with my youngest niece and i try never to do this but sometimes i cut her off a little too early because her story is so long and i don't mean to do that and uh i i always try to let her finish and then afterwards i'll apologize um the thing is is that a lot of times the because of the way and i communicate the same way a lot of times my wording and my thought process is not linear it jumps all over the place i do have a place i'm going so a lot of times the most excited exciting parts for her are at the end of the story and that's usually when people stop listening because they think that this the student or the individual is over talking or disrupting class and all they're trying to do is share something they're super excited about and I think sometimes, you know, we focus so much on, oh, we have to get through everything this day. We have to get through 50 problems this class period that we forget. Let's celebrate the little things that the students do really well. Focus more on deep learning rather than quantitative learning. Um, I don't, you know, somebody does, is it the more questions somebody wrote and had me do, the less desirable it was for me to do it. And what the way I even survived in college, um, because I really hadn't learned any math after I just kind of stopped in third or fourth grade. I don't know how I passed my classes. I enjoyed it in college. But what helped me was using the student solution manuals and being able to look at the problem, how it was solved, and then I'd go backwards. That's yeah. how I learned my math. And that worked really well for me. But if you ask for that in school, it's like, oh, how dare you start from this, the answer and work your way backwards. It's like, why would you unbuild this building to figure out how it was built? Well, you know, I mean, we had to do that with things to figure out how it, we have to take it apart to figure out how some of this stuff works. So it's, it's a strange thing that that is not acceptable in learning. So you're not allowed to... Even with prompting, a lot of times I did have some teachers that were good at, at doing that. And I'm not uh, meaning to ever uh, blanketly state that all teachers are doing this or all schools are bad or anything. I'm just saying that my experiences were that the school system itself made it impossible for even the best teachers on the planet to do what I needed. And that's not their fault. It's not the parents' fault. It's not the students' fault. It's not the government's fault. It's just we weren't built for some of the stuff that's being thrown at us. I think we can overcome it 
but we have to be a lot more compassionate, understanding, and we need to start rewarding people for, for what they do well. Yeah, and effort. Specialize. If you, if you reward effort, and that's the big thing with 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 getting you know dealing with this confidence, lack of confidence is the most of the, the thing that you want. You want effort. You want them to try. The thing that you don't want is you don't want them to shut down whenever something you know could present a problem to their ego. So the, the thing to do is just completely, you know, I guess the word is discount um, success and just say, did you try? Give them rewards for trying. You can tell when your, your student is trying. And every time they do, make it worth their while. That builds up confidence. It de-emphasizes results because they're too result-oriented. And another big thing with the people that I work with is that they tend to complete. I mentioned this at the beginning, but I'm going to say it again. They they tend to think that people who are showing friendly and confident and doing well in school have perfect lives and that they are flawed. The really difference is the people that do well in school and seem confident, they hide their weaknesses. Um, they're there, they just hide them. Where the student that I work with, a visual, spatial, or autistic student, Asperger student, they're not, they're all, they see their faults, not their successes. So they don't have any confidence. They think they're not as good socially because they don't act, they don't have, they don't have their little, um, I guess the word would be, they're not good at um, small talk and they are basically more honest. They, they tend to express themselves um, well and they make enemies and they don't, their sense of timing in conversations, when to shut up, when to talk, when to interrupt tends to be off too because they get so excited about what they want to say and they're afraid they're going to lose it. And they read people so well, too well. And that's the biggest thing. You can be too good at something. And the people I work with are usually too good at reading people. So anyone listening to this is going to wonder, wonder about that. But it comes down to like an autistic person, are they deficient in reading, picking up cues, or are they so good at picking up cues that they're overwhelmed? Just figuring that out, you take it from a deficit model, if you believe what I believe, that they're too good at reading cues, they're not a deficit model, they're, they're confident, um, they're better than other people at that. And it just takes some more time to figure out how, how to communicate with more linear people, but it can be done. And the, the people I work with almost always will succeed. Um, it just takes some longer. And in, right now we're in a situation where there are many more visual learners, many more people on the spectrum. So this type of learning style eventually may become the majority learning style and the people who are, you know, I guess <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a good way to say this, bean counters, those folks 
direction readers, um, good out loud readers, but not so good with comprehension, really good at rote stuff and taking time tests, they'll be the ones that are learning disabled. Um, I do see that happening, by the way. That's, you know, with as fast as we're seeing things uh, adapt and change, you know, even with um, a car, my good friend for his, you know, mother, uh, you know, and it's, it, he just wanted to make sure she's safe. He got a car and she was like, uh, I don't want it. She's, she's like, I can't figure out how to, how to drive it. She's like, there's, she's like, where's the buttons? You know, nothing in the car works. Like it has a handle. Um, but when you reach the handle, it doesn't move. It has a button that you press. So, you know, there's just like little things like that, that threw her off. Um, and the whole world is kind of moving that direction. And yeah. part of it is due to the, the flow of information, what, what, people monetize because it's all content oriented so it's how much you can do it's 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 not quality and this is my my key thing like uh you know for you know we're, we're talking about you mentioned a couple other things i want to get into um so i'll write them down and we'll bring them up for a different show um but i know for me it, you know uh, i needed that confidence there were so many times in my life that all I really needed was somebody to say, yeah, I believe in you. Here you go. There was one person I remember he came to my graduation and I, you know, he had just gotten this nice fancy car and that's like what he always worked for. Um, he was a teacher. He always had like three jobs. He would work for a car. Um, and that was just something that made him really successful over the long term. He built up lots of businesses, but that was one of his nicest ones. And he brought in, threw me the keys. And he said, just take it for, you know what, the spin. I was like blown away because I'd never even seen anything that nice before. So it was just like a convertible uh, BMW or Mercedes or something like that, which was a phenomenal. The, but the faith, the gesture is what I'm trying to say. The belief that I was going to do good the belief that I was capable. Um, a lot of times the individuals that are super confident, they don't need you to, they're, they're faking some of it. And other times you don't need to boost their ego anyway. But what you said before, focusing on the effort, making sure people know the way you win is by trying your very best because everybody's adapting at this point. Because the school system itself is built on a foundation of um, technically, let's just say, you know, you had mentioned it before. Um, I, you said can't think of a good word. I can't think of a, 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 there's stigma on both sides. That's the show I wanted to do on terms of like people that are um, visual, spatial and thinking in, in terms of pictures and jumping around. We're never trying to say that people that aren't like that. My mom is definitely a linear thinker. And without those people, I wouldn't, you know, this world wouldn't survive. So we need them. They're very, very important. So we never mean to underplay that. But the, I this, gotta, I've got to say something. I hate to interrupt, but go for it. they're going to be replaced by robots and technology. Um, 
the creative people probably won't, but there is nothing that a linear sequential person can do that a computer can't do better or a robot can't do better. Factor that in. Well, oh my goodness. Um, now that one, we got to do a show on that too, because uh-huh. uh, I actually do uh, one of my concerns. And one of the things when people ask me, you know, what should I, what should I go into? And they're just going off to college. My reply is really simplistic. I said, what, what can't a robot do? Yeah. And I don't, and so when you bring up that point, I mean, that's something that I give it for advice all of the time, and it's not meant to slam any particular industry. It's that um, that's those, this world works with money. And the longer you resist that idea, the harder it is to make changes. The it, Money is, is a tool that people can utilize for good, and yes, it's definitely often used for the wrong kind of purposes and power grabs and stuff like that. Um, the ethical dilemma, the, the currency itself is, you know, neutral. Um, so, you know, yeah, I do. I would say that a lot of things are being, and that actually perfectly segues into what I was saying before. I think that that school system is colliding with the creative world, which is the, the web, um, online learning, and all of the, the websites, the apps are all not built by the same type of thinker and they run a little differently. They're all definitely more color-based, flashy, visual. Um, you know, what flows better is what sells. It's really that simplistic. Um, some of the, you know, so the, I would definitely agree with you. Um, in, and that's a whole different show. Just to hop back to our main thing, which was co- how important confidence is. Um, can you synopsize? There's a couple of them. One thing that you said that I thought was really important. So just catch me if I miss any of them. But one, uh, you know, point out what they're doing great. Um, you, you know, rewarding by saying somebody and, and telling them the truth and then having them repeat it, you know, what did they do? Amazing. Have them say it, um, and enjoy it. I think that was a huge one. Um, there were a couple other ones like don't compare, uh, and then focus on effort. The results are, what was it? What am I missing? Well, it's, I don't know that you're missing it, but these are people, um, the folks I work with have put a lot of internal pressure on themselves. So you don't put pressure on them. Um, you try to, you don't, know, putting pressure on somebody who's putting a lot of pressure on themselves is a guarantee you'll get shut down or meltdown, one of the downs. So what you want to do is you don't want to put pressure on them, um, telling them to try harder. Um, which a lot of people will do when you talk about effort is not going to be helpful, but taking the pressure off being in a good mood, um, pointing out whenever you see it, the stuff that they can do that more sequential people can't do and getting them to relax because when you relax and you're visual, 
Well, when you're tense, you can't visualize. And a visualization is your main mode of learning. It just takes it out of the equation for success. So if you can get them relaxed, sense of humor, you know, don't make it so serious, um, praise effort. What you're doing is you're promoting relaxation in the person that you're working with and relaxation more easily transfers to visualization. Visualization is what they do real well. So I guess that's my synopsis. No, I love that. That's a great way to, well, I'm not going to change anything that you just said. That was beautifully stated. Um, you know, uh, for me, the, the some of the techniques that you utilized um, really helped. And, and when you pointed out when I was successful, um, you know, that always did help. Uh, it's the little times and it always has to come from a place of honesty. And that was one thing that I, um, I would say that, you know, with um, <laughs> the individuals I work with, uh, and I know that the ones you work with, as you said, they sense uh, very, very, very well. They can feel when you're, when you're not being authentic. So if you give a compliment and it's not, it's not real um, and you're not oh, focusing, that, that, that definitely doesn't help. Um, and then, you know, for me, the one thing that I would want to say is, you know, a lot of times um, making sure that they understand that results um, and like say a mistake or a bunch of mistakes, it doesn't really matter, doesn't equal a failure on their character or who they are. A lot True. of times um, they, they equate that result themselves. I did too. And then, I, you know, I wouldn't even bring it home. So, you know, when you don't want to even share it with your parents, you're, you know, you, you have that feel, make sure your children know um, that, you know, that's not, those two things don't equal being loved, you know, the success or like getting an A, it doesn't change who you are as a person or getting, you know, a bad grade. It's, it's important. And I, I know that's something that my uh, eldest niece uh, sometimes struggles with because she does things so well and she doesn't understand why um, she struggles. And what you just said, removal of the anxiety, that's, that was so well stated and why. Um, so Jeffrey, thank you so much for another wonderful show. That was just a quick one, our kind of tuning out the noise and just trying to figure out um, how you can help non-neurotypical individuals, you know, uh, build some confidence. Um, certainly feel free to, you know, leave comments, ask us some questions, and uh, we'll try to get back to everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Jeffrey, thank you again. Uh, I always appreciate it. Um, uh, everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Chaos to Cared podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with everyone you know and definitely like, follow, and subscribe. Certainly leave a comment if you'd like. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about the next time. Also, in our show notes, there should be direct links where you can follow us on our social media as well as reach out to us directly. Thanks again and have a great day.
The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on Chaos to Cured podcast are the speaker's own. All discussion is based on our own experiences. We do not and cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information. Chaos to Cured podcast cannot give medical or health advice. All discussion is based upon our personal experiences and meant for general and educational purposes. This podcast is not a substitute for professional help or for diagnostic purposes for yourself or another. Chaos to Cured podcast always encourages you to consult an appropriate professional.